There's a couple of things that are often like the, the common obstacles to prayer, to connection with God, relationship with him. Probably the biggest one is this, is this one, this question. You ready? Drum roll. Is God angry with me? That's a question for people even who don't think it's a question for them because it's the secret motivator, the nagging rumor in the depths of our soul that actually keeps us away from God. Think of when you were a kid, and it probably didn't happen to you, <laughs> only happened to me a few times. Something happened in the classroom and you were sent to the principal. It was a place of terror. If we think God is angry at us, it's a bit like hanging out. Prayer is a bit like hanging out in the principal's office. That's, that's not very attractive. I, don't, I want the minimum amount of time in that office possible because I feel, I feel guilty. So we might know in our head that God loves us. You know, it's been said so often in you know, school when I was growing up, they just kind of immune to it. Or you've heard it maybe at church or mass or from parents or grannies or whoever. Oh, Jesus loves you. So we might have this, this up here the thing about God being loved, but it has to sink down, not just into our hearts, into our bones, into our feelings. What is your root suspicion in life about God? Tell me that, and I'll tell you what your prayer life probably looks like. Now, I have great news for you. St. Teresa of Avila says, along the journey uh, of growth in prayer and relationship with God, all servile fear, and that's, that's what I'm talking about, servile fear, the fear of a servant towards a master, it all disappears as you become more and more utterly convinced of his love. And the only way to do that is to keep going to him and to immerse yourself in the truth. Nothing kills a lie like the truth. And even though we can't necessarily like force our emotions to believe the truth, what we can do is keep saying it and keep making that act of the will to believe it, even if it doesn't yet impact our fundamental movements of the heart. When it comes to God, it's an interesting thing. If you try to make God love you, if you look at the language there, that's actually the height of arrogance. Come on, tell me, why would that be? Because you can't make God. God makes you. So if you're trying to make God love you, yeah, that one, that one was just said a long time ago. Okay, so that's not up for grabs, but we act as if it is. As one of my friends says, we were trying to get into a room that we're already in. How do I know I have this problem? Well, uh, picture God, in your prayer time, picture God and be really, really honest with yourself. Some people, they express this really powerfully. They, they don't go to church because they say, well, sure, if the roof would fall on my head. Guess what that means? Bingo. They're afraid that God is angry at them. They've done some stuff. Or do you know what? Maybe they haven't done much. Sometimes when you dig in, you realize, well, but much dull. Uh, it's this suspicion that was probably picked up from, from early childhood that they're not good enough and that then got transferred to God. God thinks I'm not good enough. I have to do stuff to become holy enough then I might make it into the Christian club. Just, that's a tragedy. That is an absolute tragedy because you're infinitely loved. This lie is cutting us off from what we need more than, than air. So in your prayer, you can know if you have this problem, if when you, you think about God, you image, imagine him, that there's, there's a bit of a block. And if you, if, for example, imagine giving God a big hug. Do you feel like, do you, are you convinced that he loves you? Can you feel it when you do that? When you imagine looking at his face, does he really look like he likes you? Or is there a little bit of a, yeah, but, 
maybe coming from him, but probably more likely coming from you. If I just do this, this and this, then he will. But, and we can blame God and we can then get angry at God and all sorts of things. And this, this is the question, I think. This is the reason why loads of people don't go to church because they're not convinced. They haven't heard the gospel. Their heads maybe have and their ears have, but their heart does not yet know the gospel. And the only person who can really proclaim this to them really is themselves. They need to sit. You, you, I, we need to sit with this. We need to sit with this lie and, and take out the big artillery and start to fire. And so here, here we go. Like, what do we do with this? You need to, to set your sights and, and, and to set your heart on the truth. No, God, I believe you love me and I believe you want me to be utterly convinced of that and f- to feel totally safe in your love. I believe you want me when I mess up the worst that I'd be so convinced of your love, I will run to you instead of away from you. Can you imagine when you do like the really, really mess up and that your, your, your gut reaction is like, oh God, and you run to God because you know he loves you. You know that that's, that's his heart immediately. It's like, oh, look at him. Oh, come on back. That's where he wants you to be. And that is a grace that is available to you. You have to pursue it. And that begins by, by setting your sights and deciding and saying, no, I know that this is what you want for me. And then you have to fill yourself with the truth. You have to crowd out the doubt. You have to so fill yourself with the truths from scripture, tradition, and just your own insights into God about his love, about who you are and who he is and what the kingdom is like. There's no space for you to believe anymore this lie. And eventually that lie, as you cut off its supply line, it will die. And it is. A beautiful thing. When you come to prayer and you don't find that fear in you, you you don't have that striving in you anymore and you just know and you can just rest. Finally, you can just rest in God. Mm, mm, mm. It is available, people. Okay, a little response. Get your responses ready. Uh, When Jesus was in the desert and the enemy attacked, he immediately had scripture. Bang, bang, bang. Three scripture quotes to answer all of the enemy's lies. The enemy will fire lies at you and you just need to be able to know the truth so you can spot the lie and then answer it. And then even when you don't feel it, choose to live out of the truth. I had to do this for months. I had to do this for years. I would just have this little, you know, bless myself, you know, ask the prayer, the intercession of Our Lady and the saints. And then I would start going after God's love. And just just like pouring a bath and sitting in the bath. And it was, it was like when you, know, you pour a bath, it's a bit too hot. And you're wondering when will it's trying to, you know, emptying some of the water out and putting in cold water. God's love's like that. It's, yeah, it's uncomfortable. When you don't like yourself, when you're pretty convinced you're not lovable, because that's the fruit of all of this, it's really uncomfortable to be loved. And especially by God. You especially can't believe that he could love you. Could you think you have to earn it? I have a couple of favorites I'm going to share with you. Okay, this is from John 17, 23. And I've changed it a little bit so that I could put myself in there and you can put yourself in there. This is from John 17, 23. Father, you have loved him. You've loved Father Columba, even as you have loved me. Like Jesus actually says, you have loved them as even as you have loved me. It's amazing. So it's in the voice of Jesus, but you can change it and adapt it and, and turn it into a prayer. So Jesus says, Father, you have loved Columba even as you have loved me. Don't just like, you, well, you can have a chat with him about it. It's like, really? But you can also just make it acts of faith. Father, I believe you love me as much as you love Jesus. How much does the Father love Jesus? Okay, no, my other one. Oh my God, I love this one. Maybe even more. This is from Jeremiah 31, 3. This is a keeper. 
I have loved you with an everlasting love. And so I am constant in my affection for you. Mm, mm. That's what I'm talking <laughs> I have loved you with an everlasting love. And so I'm constant in my affection for you. How amazing is that truth? And I would just say that to myself. But then I would also turn it into an acts of faith. Father, I believe that you love me with an everlasting love. And I believe that you are constant in your tender affection for me. Now, don't just say these things. Say them as an act of faith. Engage your will because that's what impresses into your heart and starts to mold your heart. Oh yeah, come on. This one is what the Father said to Jesus at his baptism, and he says it to you as well. It's from Luke 3, 22. You are my beloved son, in whom I am so well pleased. You are my beloved daughter, with whom I am so well pleased. Just let it sink into you, and let the shoulders relax a little bit, and the stress go, and just drink that in. If some lie pops up of like, oh no, I don't believe, how could that be true then? And sometimes, you know, that stuff you need to then dig into more and deal with. But this is the, the primary thing. Just expose yourself to the truth. Expose yourself to the truth. Jump into his love and let it burn away the lie that you are not lovable. Because Jesus gave his life for you. He gave his life for you so that you would know this truth. You would live out of this truth. You would breathe this truth. Why would you live your life missing this, missing out on this? God bless you guys. Hope this has been helpful. Bye-bye.